T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. Out in the sticks with the squirrels and the ticks and my 30 on six. I'm running out of Miller Line trucks and park. The dog won't bark a couple hours till dark. Wishing one would walk by. Might as well left my gun in the gun rack. Been here all day. All I killed a 12 pack. Sitting here waiting on a deer. Welcome to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us once again. My name is Tony Colombo. Here with producer Carl Middleman. Hello. And my partner, Bo Matthews. Bo? How's it going, that, my friend? That is the greatest thing about uh, that song in country music. It in, it includes alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, <laughs> known by our president as the AFT. <laughs> Drink. I, hey, he won. He won an award this week, Entertainer of the Year. Drinking beer, wasting bullets by Luke Bryan. Look, I just like the. I just get caught up in the story that's being told <laughs> because I can put myself in that, in in, in exactly the situation that he is describing. And I get lost. It's the only thing you killed music. was a 12 pack? <laughs> <laughs> Not Miller Lite, Natural Lite. Right. But the only, that's the only difference between uh, me and that song. So, welcome into today's show. We've got a lot to talk about. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, we are going to get out into the great outdoors in today's show and talk a little bit about that. We are also going to talk a lot about what is happening in the world of the Second Amendment and gun rights and what is happening with those uh, throughout the country, both uh, federally and on a statewide basis. Um, first thing I do want to talk about, though, is speaking of the great outdoors, the news broke this week that we set a world record here in the state of Missouri. Twice. And now the, for the, podcast the, downloads of Second for, Amendment Radio yeah, on the Great Outdoors. We did yes. set that. We did set that. But we also <laughs> set a uh, a world fishing record out at Lake Wapapello. Uh, the uh, Missouri Department of Conservation this week officially recognized a new state record for the largest spotted gar. And according to the MDC, the fish is large enough to set the world record as well. Wow. The uh, the fish was caught on February 25th, but it was just revealed and uh, and uh, confirmed this past week. Ten pound nine ounce spotted gar on uh, Lake <laughs> Wapapello, and uh, that is really really cool. Guy's name was Devlin Rich, who apparently is not an easy man to get a hold of. We tried to get we tried to talk to Devlin because <laughs> I wanted to hear the story, but um, uh, 
Uh, we weren't able to get a hold of him. He there does was, not want to be found. Yeah, there was also a there was also a state record set this week, um, a fishing state record set this week, and uh, the gentleman who set that record, I think, is going to join us on the show next week. He so will be with us next week. We will get a a record setting fish story whenever uh, we we talk to uh, whenever we talk to him next week. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, have either of you caught or tasted gar? I have. I've accidentally hooked a gar. Um, Did you I've fry never, it up though? No, no. <laughs> I, I heard a story. About, I cut the line before I got it in the boat. <laughs> I heard a story about gar. When you catch a gar, you're supposed to set it out in the sun on a piece of wood. Then, when it's dry, throw the gar away and eat the wood. Eat the wood because <laughs> it's that bad. <laughs> So I'm going to use this opportunity to tell my fish story. Uh-oh. Again, uh, it is a fish story. Exa- yeah, uh-huh. there's a reason I, fi- I, I... It's a tale. Yeah, it's there's, a, that. there's a reason that I, yeah, that I title it that. But the, the, every detail that I'm about to tell you is absolutely true. There is no part of this story that is, um, that is exaggerated. Fabricated. There, or fabricated fake. or exaggerated. Mm. I the, the assumption. It was 24 inches the, long. The assumption at the end is the only part that. Is up in the air. Is up in the air. And, and, I, and I admit that it's an assumption. <laughs> I, Which is assuming. I, right. I, have, I have an assumption that I hold the Missouri state record for the largest crappie ever caught in the state of Missouri. Here's here's the story. We were out, gosh, Once it's been a time. long time ago now, five or six years ago at least. Back in the olden days. Um, on my little John boat on a lake called Sunfish Lake up in North County. And we were, it was my, my friend Perry Woods and myself who are 95% of my fishing time is spent with Perry. Um, and... We were we were fishing for bass because that's what we fish for, and and you like fishing for bass. That's what you yeah. That's prefer. what I'm yeah. That's what I'm yeah. That's that's our goal. Um, and Sunfish Lake is known for its big fish. It's it's not a it's not a lake that that produces very large numbers. But when you do get a fish, it's typically a big fish, and they have big crappie in there as well. And as anybody will know, from time to time, a crappie will hit a bass lure like a crankbait or something. And so I catch this fish, and it's a crappie, and it's the biggest crappie I've ever seen, but I don't fish for crappie, so I don't have very much experience with them, but I am amazed at the size of this thing. We take a couple pictures of it because I wanted to send it to my dad and my uncle and say, look at the size of this freaking crappie that I caught. So (laughs) took a couple pictures, threw it back in the water, went on about my day. Did you weigh it? Caught it? No, because I, I don't know he anything about it. I just threw. I just threw it back in. I don't know anything about crappie. I didn't even care. I like. I didn't even. I was. I was more upset that I, that I caught a crappie than anything. Wasted the time. <laughs> yeah, the it was a t- yeah, but and the but it was a huge fish. It was a big old crappie. So I did take a picture of it. So I and I still have the pictures. And uh, because I because like I said, my dad and my uncle. I always joke about how there's a point in in every in every bass fisherman's life that they get. They get to a certain age and they become crappie fishermen. <laughs> so it happened to my dad and my 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 dad, my uncle had 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 crossed that line and had been getting more and more into crappie fishing. So I thought it'd be fun to send him the picture of this big old fish. So we finished the day. I had I had a pretty good day. I caught a couple of really nice size uh, 
bass, largemouth bass as well. And as we are at the boat ramp, loading back up onto the truck, there is a grandfather who is probably in his 60s, late 60s, something like that, a dad who is probably uh, in his 40s, like me, and then a kid who is probably like 9 or 10. So it was obviously a, you know, a family, grandpa, dad, kid going fishing in the afternoon, and Perry and I are done. So they're loading in as we're loading out, so we're passing each other there by the boat ramp. And I had stepped away and was, was up by the truck, putting some things in the truck. Perry was still down by the boat, and the guy is start, and, and the, uh, the son is having a conversation with Perry. Hey, how'd you guys do? Are they biting today? What's going on? And Perry said, I had a pretty good day, but this mother freaker, and points at me, oh, and, says, and says, but this guy had a great day. He caught some big old bass and a big old crappie. And, uh, and the, the dad says, how big was the crappie? And Perry says, I don't know, five or six pounds. And the guy says, no way. There's no crappie that's five or six pounds. So I'm up at the truck. I'm not hearing any of this conversation. And okay. all of a sudden, Perry's yelling at me, Tony, Tony. Bring the picture of the crappie. Bring that picture of that crappie. Because this guy is like saying to Perry, get out of here. There ain't no there way. Ain't no way. Yeah. So we bring it out. So I, I walk my phone down, hand it to him. They show him the picture. The guy's like, holy cow. He calls his dad over, the old man. Old man comes over and he says, holy cow. He's like, you caught that here today? And, and we said, yeah. And he said, where is it? And he said, I said, I threw it back. He said, did you weigh it? I said, no. He said, I, he said, that might be a record. And I said, no, get out of here. And he said, Come I, on. I, yeah, he said, no. I, he's like, that might be a record. I've never seen a bigger crappie. So we ended up looking it up, and I can't remember the number now, but the the state record at the time or, and it was something like five and a half pounds for a crappie. Look it up. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know because I didn't weigh it. My guess is it was around five or six pounds, and I have the pictures of it, and – Go ahead. I just looked at. I just Missouri looked it State up. record for crappie. Uh, I, the first result I get is black crappie, four pounds eight ounces <gasps> in a private pond. So there you go. This thing was probably Tony. five. Yeah. So, so <laughs> there is a possibility that I threw back the state record crappie without knowing it. But just think, now you, it's bigger. You just have a story. Uh, <laughs> but I have the pictures that's, and that's I have witnesses. That's my story. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And you have not gone back to that same uh, waterway. Oh yeah, no, we've fished in that lake. We've fished in that lake dozens of times since then. I've never, and I've never Never came back. I've never caught that that big of a crappie ever again. I've never seen a crappie that big. I didn't even know they got that big. I have uh, grass carp in my pond Mm -hmm. that are literally half the half the. When you when my wife's holding on to it, it's like up to her waist. These things are like submarines. They are huge. That's awesome. And my, are they my still lake there? is like crystal clear. Those are still there. Okay, oh, those yeah. are still there. It's the, um, your neighbor's the catfish that those. we're taking? Harvested? Well, I think they're down low. They because just don't again, eat anymore? You know, <laughs> they just quit eating? No. Well, they just not, quit they're, eating they're bottom feeders anyway. <laughs> right. No, I'm telling you, the fireworks <laughs> that my neighbors blow off made their appetites go, the bottom. Made their appetites go away. I'm well. It scared him, I, and and even Mike Marfeld confirmed that that could do that. Uh-huh. I don't Tony, think he, I don't think he confirmed that it would make them stop eating. So I had my cousin uh, bring his little boy up uh, last year in August and uh, caught a catfish in my lake, 
and uh, the line broke just as they they got it to the shore. So it goes back out. He cast out again, catches the same fish. This time it stayed on the line, and it had the second hook nice. in uh. the mouth. <laughs> of this exact so that's the one catfish i know is in there <laughs> that's a hungry fish that's great carl has given me the uh rap sign so we got to take we a do. break we've got a great show on uh tap for you though thank you so much for joining us we are going to talk to our friend amy mark scores from KMOX. she is a uh she's a big outdoors person she's, she's a, a runner. runner she's a hiker um and so we got a chance to talk to her about that a little bit um also want to get her thoughts on uh, the president's recent uh, actions in the uh, world of the Second Amendment. Go ahead, Bo. Uh, I just want to punch in. I, I'm still researching uh, the crappie. The white <laughs> crappie record, March 5th, 2000, in Poplar Bluff, four pounds, nine ounces. Tony Colombo, the world record home. I'm telling you. Yeah. State, the- state record. State. state I'm not record. claiming well, anything. Hey, I'm not claiming anything. I don't want to get too. Yeah, I'm I not, hey, I'm not, I don't want to get too big for my britches here. So. As you're telling the story, I'm thinking of that story we had last year of the catfish in the Mississippi. Man, that was a yeah. cool story. Anyway, Let me see go if I, on. I'll go see on. if I can find that that picture of the crappie. And, uh, oh, that'd be cool. Can, maybe we can post it. I know I have it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, my dad had it blown up as a way to <laughs> mock me <laughs> afterwards. Good uh, dad. Yeah. So Amy Mark Score is going to join us a little bit later on in the show. After this break, we're going to talk to our friends from Osage County Guns. Don't go anywhere. It's Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo, producer Carl Middleman, Pew Pew, and Bo Matthews here. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us. If you miss anything on today's show, like my fascinating story about setting the Missouri record for the largest uh, crappie ever, the unofficial, caught, the unofficial, unofficial, the assumed state undocumented. record, undocumented, the undocumented assumed record. There's documentation. The now hold on. There's documentation. There's some documentation. There would be an There's expert. photographic. Evidence. Evidence of well, this fish. Like Bigfoot. Like Bigfoot. Yeah, no, this is a very show. clear, um, this is a clear picture if of me holding the fish. If you had an expert fish. look at the pictures, they could tell you how much it was. They might be able to, you know, they might be able to determine the exact length by the picture and then <laughs> and then also calculate the uh, weight. probable weight. I don't think that's enough the, to uh, to claim the record, but I'm just saying I probably have the, the photo same would be time stamped, so we have documentation of when it happened. That's and right. Geo right? geocoded. I so know exactly. Yeah. Oh. Exactly, it's geocoded and everything. That's right. That's right. I put a little microchip in the fish gonna... after I caught it, so we can go find it again if we need to. 
<laughs> if you missed that story and you would like to hear it again or you miss anything from today's show and you'd like to hear it again, uh, make sure you check out our podcast. You can get the Second Amendment Radio podcast just about anywhere you get podcasts, but I would recommend the Odyssey app. It used to be the Radio.com app. We have changed the name of that to Odyssey, so if you have been thinking about downloading our app, look for Odyssey in your Google Play Store or your App Store, and with that Odyssey app, you can download this podcast and every other podcast, every other show's podcast on the station. You can stream the station 24-7. You can rewind live radio. Lots of great stuff there with the Odyssey app, so make sure you go and check that out. Not only do we release this radio show as a podcast. In fact, we give you the opportunity to get this show before it even airs. Uh, show, of course, airs on Saturdays and Sundays on 97.1 FM Talk and KMOX. Uh, but the uh, the podcast drops on Fridays, and then we have a podcast exclusive that comes out every Monday. So two opportunities to download podcasts from us every week, and we appreciate you doing that, and we appreciate you sharing it with anybody else in your life that you think might appreciate the kind of conversations that we have here on the show. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in our friends from Osage County Guns, one of the great sponsors of this show and this station. We always appreciate talking to Joe and Jake from John and Jake, excuse me, from Osage County Guns. Fellas, how's it going? Good. Am I mistaking you for Joe Biden there? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was a mistake. That was wow. yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. That's... John, what do you think of his fish story? He uh, he didn't hear the whole. They didn't hear the whole story. They didn't hear the whole. But story. they know you. I'm not buying it. <laughs> the Even one, with photographic evidence. The Cliff Notes version is: I may have caught the the state record crappie, uh, Missouri state record, not knowing what I had. I took a picture of the fish because I I knew it was the biggest crappie that I had ever seen. But I have no. Uh, I have no experience with crappie, so I took a picture to send it to my dad and my uncle as a gag, saying, look at the size of this freaking crappie, and then um, later on found out that it may have been big enough to be a state record. If you believe that, I do have the pictures. Some people some people don't believe the story. I have witnesses. Produce and I the have picture. Produce photos. the picture. I will. I, sh- I certainly will. Uh, Maybe it'll be the podcast photo if you could do that, Carl. I'll, I'll try if he shows it, if he finds it. Yeah, I, I will. I know exactly where the picture's at. I will, I will find it. I will produce that evidence. Uh, so, fellas, last time we talked, uh, the president and, and many Democrats in Washington, D.C. were threatening um, executive action and pushing for various uh, gun control legislation. Um, what have you guys heard, like, uh, on your end officially? Is, is, any, is, is anyone—I don't even know how that works. So if a new law does get passed, like when President Trump— uh, wrote the executive order to ban bump stocks. How does that information get disseminated to you guys in the industry? Like, w- w- who tells you, hey, you can't sell this type, this piece of equipment anymore? How does that work? Yeah, it would need to come down, depending on the specific type of action, it would either need to come down from the ATF. Uh, so I think that, that the bump stocks, I think, was an ATF uh, interpretation of regulation. And I, from my recollection, um, ATF basically sent out an official, you know, like a, a letter or notice that they had reinterpreted, uh, you know, the, the regulations and under that new interpretation that they were, you know, d- designating bump fire stocks, the stocks themselves as machine guns. Mm. Um, 
Now the the problem you run into is when you issue an edict like that, um, if it contradicts written law, then, you know, obviously it, it opens up this huge gray area. And there has been a recent case involving the bump fire stocks where they ruled that um, unconstitutional. Now, I don't know if it's in an appeals stage now, but um, that's my, you know, my last, I guess, you know, update from mm-hmm. from some recent court cases um, where, you know, that that was overturned, but it may not be the end of it. Um, so gotcha. with pistol braces, that's the new target. Pistol braces are, are you know, obviously now the the boogeyman. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's what what the focus is on. Go ahead, Bo. And can I interject here because uh, the the way that I understand, it, I do not own a pistol brace. Um, it, it they look awesome. I I think it's fantastic. But isn't it kind of crazy that uh, that we would want to? I mean, the idea of a pistol brace, and you can agree or disagree or help me explain, is to help you with your accuracy when you are firing a nine uh, millimeter, forty five, whatever. It's it's to help you with your accuracy, correct? Initially, it was designed by a, I believe, a wounded veteran who lost the yes. use, or may have been an amputee, and it was used to allow the, the the shooter to be able to fire it and hold it with just one hand, and it straps onto your forearm. Uh, so it, it kind of straps on your forearm by design and allows you to then shoot it with just the one hand where, uh, because of the size and weight, it would be less practical uh, without something to help stabilize it. Uh, so And that, that, that would help with accuracy, right? Correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, for, in that situation where you, you have immobility or, you know, not full functional, you know, if you lose an arm or you have, you know, somebody who's had a stroke or something where they don't have full mobility in, in both arms uh, or you, you've had to lose one for various reasons, um, you know, right. it, it would allow it, for that. Um, it, that, that is it was created... It was created out of necessity, but then uh, uh, other people that were able-bodied enjoyed having that accuracy with firing with one arm. So basically, they want to— it's a novelty. It's cool—like you said, it's cool. Some people just think it's cool. Uh, Gun collectors want to have, you know, something unique in their their collection. Go ahead. And there has been some some flip-flopping with interpretations from the ATF over the years on the braces and and the actual use. So— the, the problems come down to, I, I guess, the, the way regulations are written and then the definitions and interpretations because um, a pistol a pistol's not really made to be fired from the shoulder, but a pistol brace looks a whole lot like a stock. Mm-hmm. And so right. mm-hmm. what ended up happening was that people were putting pistol braces on their firearms and then shooting them from the shoulder. And... Uh, What's a bit strange, and I don't want to like really dive too deep into this, is the way the ATF does it. But the ATF issues responses to inquiries. So uh, you, the initial brace that was designed was sent to the ATF uh, as you know designed as a brace, and the ATF said, okay, as this is designed, this would be legal. Um, and then somebody else sends them a letter and says, can I shoulder this? And then another person sends a letter and another. So what ends up happening is it's not like really an officially published policy. Um, And Jake might correct me if I'm, if I'm kind of reciting this wrong, but I don't think the ATF has actually come out and said publicly, you know, all braces are legal under these circumstances. It's always a case by case basis Mm -hmm. of a design of a brace 
and the application of the brace on the firearm. So now where we're at today is that because braces are big and bad and scary, um, and they want to they want to essentially turn them into short barrel rifles. Um, so they would be more regulated if if Joe Biden has his way, but it doesn't change or prevent somebody from using a firearm in a crime and mm. committing murder because right. You know, if you're going to commit murder, you don't really care about the configuration yeah. of your weapon. You're kind of getting so, you're you're getting exactly to where I I was going with this. In that, are these things even? I remember with bump stocks, like they were a novelty. It wasn't like a popular thing. It was just used in that Vegas shooting, um, and got popular. You know, so it all of a sudden became the boogeyman. But it was like it was wasn't even something that people were using in 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 regular life or in crimes in any large number it's, are yeah, we keeping anybody safe by focusing on stabilizing braces like is it just seems like it just go ahead go ahead all, all that they'll do is create a new class of felons if they do make that a law right uh, because right people that own them and possess them would then you know overnight be, become felons and that's what they do with the bump fire stocks but i think the the difference between the bump fire stock situation and the pistol brace is that they actually stated that bump fire stocks were machine guns. Literally, yeah. the piece of plastic was a machine gun, even though it, it is obviously not a real firearm. Yeah, it's not it's even a firearm, firearm itself, firearm. right? Yeah, that's and that's so that, that was one of the problems they had. Yeah. So whether it be whether it be the braces, we've you know um, they have uh, talked about changing the background check system in, in multiple different ways. Have you guys heard anything uh, from the ATF about any of this, or do you know as much as we do from just watching the news? Yeah, there's there's been no clarification on anything. It's it's it, we could spend hours on this topic, and I and I would <laughs> go into that's a lot more definitely. I think it's also something worth noting is that I, I don't think I would really call pistol braces a novelty like bump fire stocks. Okay. They are far more prevalent than bump fire stocks. Gotcha. Yeah, good. No, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. that's good to Millions know. Millions of them. Because gun manufacturers are building and shipping guns with them pre-installed. So gotcha. the vast majority of, um, you know, pistol caliber carbine uh, or, you know, like an AR-15 style gun in a pistol configuration, more are shipping with braces than without. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the problem, the problem that we run into is ATF is a regulatory, originally was a regulatory type of their issues, right? So they're they're a regulatory. So they meaning they're there to tell you what you do right or wrong, and they're there to create laws to keep people safe. Right. Right. So now we're having a federal agency start to dictate that if you use something improperly, you're now a felon. Right. Because. You are their their opinion. You're trying to intent is to create a short barrel rifle by placing a pistol stabilizing brace. Well, if we're going to really start going after everybody that uses something improperly, there there there's a whole. I mean, we as people in general are stupid, and we do stupid <laughs> things. Right. So you can you can look at every you can watch YouTube for hours and look at everybody that has used something improperly. Like and a now, phone while you're so driving. Now we're trying to convict everybody that they are a felon because you used a stabilizing brace improperly. I could take a handgun and put a handgun to my shoulder and pull the trigger on it. I would look like an idiot. I wouldn't hit anything. 
Am I now a felon because I used it improperly? So another one of the ridiculous conversations that's being had uh, is holding gun manufacturers responsible for actions taken, crimes committed with their firearms. Yeah, Uh, that's... Go ahead. I I see that as a roundabout way of just bleeding the industry dry. Um, So if they can't... You know, if they can't outright ban the guns, they'll open up everybody to lawsuits and then sue you out of business. Um, and they're already trying, you know, the banks are already trying to stop firearm companies from operating by tightening access or even just canceling their accounts outright. So this is another way um, mm-hmm. by trying to open up the liability, uh, you know, they'll, they'll fund all the lawsuits themselves. Um, and every time there's any shooting, They'll just stack civil suits up on everybody who's touched or owned that firearm or, you know, dealers, distributors, manufacturers. Um, and, and they're just trying to put the industry under. Go ahead, Bo. Of the of the approximately 400 million guns that are out in this country, uh, I would say the vast majority are law-abiding citizens. And we've talked about this on this program before, that it seems like, you know, if they want to uh, you know, tax, uh, you know, high caliber magazine or, uh, high capacity magazines or firearms. I just don't know how they're going to be able to do that. Uh, and that's why it seems like a money grab. And of course we learned a few weeks ago before any of these mass shootings, you know, happened after a, you know, a pause, uh, that it's, it's heartbreaking that it's so opportunistic. It is not on the major scale of, Oh, we need to make sure all law abiding citizens are paying this amount for, the things that they had just doesn't mm-hmm. seem fair because the problem uh, that we are having in major cities around the country are not law abiding citizens. Yeah. They will still get their guns. They will still not pay taxes or fees uh, on the things that they own it. They just don't. How about fix that yeah. problem? Yeah. We have a morality totally. issue in this oh, country. And, and I mean, you could say the same thing for, you know, look at, look at things that have legalized like marijuana. There's still a huge uh, underground market because of the taxes. So it's, you know, I mean, this is all anecdotal, but, you know, from everything I've seen and heard, you know, just because the state legalizes, it doesn't mean that, that it actually eliminates the illegal trade right. of marijuana because the taxes are probably 50 or 70% or whatever they are. Yeah. God, so it, I'm, I hate this. I'm not Go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. I don't, I don't drink alcohol, but, it, and so maybe you guys, some of those the people that do, so I'm, speaking somewhat ignorantly here, I guess, but if, if I go out and get drunk and I cause an accident, can that family now sue Budweiser? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or, or can, can they sue Chevrolet because you're driving a Silverado? Like, give me, like, that's exactly right. Like, at what point do we start opening up so many issues? Because again, somebody used something incorrectly right i not not everybody i hate this because we always i'm not even close to and like jake said a minute ago we could talk (laughs) hours about this i'm not even close through all the questions that i have for uh uh, john and jake but unfortunately we are almost out of time we got to get you guys back on soon and maybe get you on the podcast so we can get deeper into some of these issues uh we will definitely get you back on soon because this is not over with and as we as the Democrats and the president progress with these issues, they are obviously going to affect uh, gun owners, uh, you know, around the country, our listeners. Um, and uh, and then we've got to talk about some things that the state of Missouri is working on to combat those issues. So uh, got to get you guys back on really soon to talk about that. Before we let you go, uh, what is the latest out at Osage County Guns? 
Believe it or not, we actually do have some ammo for sale on the floor. Uh, nice. It's been a while. Been a while. Uh, but uh, inventory, is, it, is it getting out of the box and onto the shelves, or are you just selling it directly yeah. out of the box? <laughs> uh, it's on the shelf. Uh, All right. On the on the pallet. On the pallet on the floor. There you go. And there you we go. are. We are getting a little bit better selection on some of our firearms. So that's that's picked up a bit. And I think you know over the next couple of months we're going to be continuing to fill out. You know, and, and hopefully by the summer, late summer, cases will be full. So uh, find us on Google, you know, take a drive, you're bored, take a drive. Um, you know, since we've got ammo, that's obviously uh, easy justification yeah, for the drive. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful store, 6,000 square feet of retail space, Osage County Guns out in Wright City. you got to get out there and check it out. Uh, that's John Dawson and Jake Fair. Guys, thank you so much for sponsoring the show and for joining us and for providing such great insight uh, every time we talk to you, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, guys. You Stay bet. safe. Yeah, back at you. All right, take a quick break. We'll talk to our friend Amy Mark Scores when we get back to Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Big thanks again to Osage County Guns, John Dawson and Jake Fair. Great sponsors of the show. Also, uh, just always great insight into the firearms industry whenever we talk to those guys. If you missed any of that conversation, make sure you check out our podcast. Get the Second Amendment Radio podcast anywhere you get podcasts. I recommend the Odyssey app as being the best place to do so for many, many reasons. Uh, the show podcast goes on on Fridays, and the podcast exclusive goes out on Mondays, so you get two chances to download the uh, download podcasts of this show. Our friend Amy Mark Scores from Camo X is going to be joining us here momentarily. She's going to be sticking around for that podcast exclusive, so make sure you download that when it comes out on Monday. We're going to talk to Amy about uh, some of the gun laws that we were just talking with uh, uh, to John and Jake about, um, some of the movement that has been made in Washington, D.C. by the president and, and other Democrats. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the great outdoors and her experiences uh, out there hiking, running, all that uh, stuff as well. And of course, anytime we're talking about the great outdoors here on the show, Bo, it's brought to you by... Razorback Armory in De Pere on Manchester Road. They are a gun concierge, not a giant store, but a specific store. If you are looking for a, a suppressor, that's your, that, those are your guys. And I just want to say here, I received a, a picture from Jesse, one of the owners. Jesse and Brad own the place. Jesse is fishing this week. He's finally nice, been able to take a breath. Uh, Tony, I'll send you the pictures, but man, I mean, we're talking a huge rack of fish. They've uh, they've got probably record holders. Did he well, set the state record for crappie? Maybe, um, but uh, you can find them at RazorbackArmory.com. <laughs> Tell them Bo sent you when you go in. So let's get Amy on the line uh, while we have a few minutes left here on the show. And again, make sure you check out the podcast exclusive this week for more with Amy Mark Scores. Amy, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. You bet. You bet. So um, I don't want to. I don't want to speak for you, but if you, so if you could just kind of. Uh, tell us your perspective on things. Obviously, on this show, we talk to, you know, hardcore gun people a lot or, you know, people that are in the industry. Bo and I are both uh, gun owners, and so obviously very protective of the Second Amendment and that sort of stuff. Uh, I know that you um, are a... you're somebody who supports the Second Amendment, but you are, I think, like many more people out there, 
are not necessarily considered, you know, like a, a, a gun person. So right. you may look at some of these things that are happening, uh, these laws that are being talked about from a different perspective, and that's exactly why I wanted to talk to you today. But yeah, just kind of uh, uh, when it comes to the Second Amendment and gun rights and that sort of stuff, what are your what are your basic beliefs and thoughts? Right. And just so people know, uh, I'm not a gun owner and I don't know the minutia when it comes to all the different types of guns. Right. I, and maybe that makes me a good representative of a lot does. of people out there. I think it does. Yes. But I'm also pro Second Amendment. And so people know where I'm coming from. Uh I was homeschooled, right? And uh, and I was like an old school homeschooler in the late 80s and early 90s when I think every wow. kid got like camouflage for their birthday. My <laughs> friends had ghillie suits. Uh, I didn't, but my friends did and that was normal. And so, you know, I, I, I understand all of the Second Amendment arguments and our school mascot was the Constitution. At the same time, <laughs> I, I do realize there is a proliferation of guns and and, uh, guns being used in ways that they shouldn't be. I know technology has changed. So where I stand is much more moderate. I'm, I'm a conservative, very much in the sense of, as the saying goes, I'm standing athwart history yelling stop like all good conservatives do. And that means when it comes to gun laws, I don't like these sweeping legislation proposals that would decimate the Second Amendment, but I'm also careful when it comes to, uh, no pun intended, the Wild West of of gun ownership. Because I do know that all of the gun owners I know are responsible, law-abiding gun owners. Amy, is there a reason why you haven't uh, tried out going to a shooting range, or is there a personal reason why you haven't uh, chose to be a gun owner? Yes, it is because I drop and break things all the time. And okay, good call. I yep, think yep. physically. Those are limitations. <laughs> physically, I don't have the coordination. Uh, I think falling in the shower is a very real threat for me, um, that type of thing. And so I feel like I would be a bad person to own a gun. I have trouble with three-hole punchers. So I just know my limitations, even though I am a big supporter of people um, having guns to protect themselves. I know female. And protect rep- you. Yes, exactly. I know female reporters who own guns, and I'm thinking, my goodness, I would never take away her right to protect herself if she's a criminal investigative reporter. I mean, that alone is a good answer. Um, But, you know, when it comes to, for instance, red flag laws, what can we do to make laws that would protect the rights of gun owners but also try to cut down on incidents that we see, like mass shootings? I'm not against a carefully constructed red flag law because mm-hmm. when you look at some of these mass shooters my goodness the the red flags were everywhere yeah. with what they were the posting on signs. social the media the warning signs are everywhere right and that is something where if there is if we're able to enact due process you know let people say okay you have to be a, a close enough relative or employer or whatever of a person who's showing these red red flags and then there is due process where the guns are taken away for say 48 hours or 72 hours uh, while that person is checked that could go a long way in helping prevent some of these tragedies well i we've often talked about it being uh the the mass shooter situations are a lot of times mental health issues uh not always but sometimes and i i think that uh to have people evaluated and to have families go hey we care about our kid but you know they're doing some strange things and i need to you know talk to somebody about that i do want to mention this amy to you uh if it gives you any comfort 
a lot of women, my wife included, are a better shot for some reason. They are level-headed, they're calmer, whatever that is. So if you ever decided to do that, uh, know that you have that advantage uh, right out of the gate because, <laughs> you know, right. your blood pre- your blood blood pressure stays cool and calm. And uh, well, so, you know, you, you never know. Yeah, and my mom, and my mom doesn't own a gun, but she does have her top shooters card. Not sure how she got it. I think she's only been a couple times at a shooting range. And I, and I, I did, I will say, I did go to a shooting range for my 23rd birthday. And we wow. had the shooting range to ourselves, and we used everything from, like, a handgun to the gun that the police use with the... Uh, that's why I don't even know it. It felt like a semi-automatic. I don't know what it is, but Probably it was. was a police gun. Okay, to what is the Dirty Harry gun? We used that. Uh, the, yeah, 44 Magnum. Yep. Yes, the 44 Magnum. And so I was surprised by how intimidated by the guns I was. Because, I mean, this was at the height of me like playing ice hockey and being this tough athlete and thinking I was so cool. And I was very intimidated by the guns. And it, it was fun. I don't think gun ownership is for me, but I support the rights of others. Do we, can I ask you a question? Well, you know what? Let's, um, okay. let's hold that for Ooh, the podcast <laughs> exclusive. It is. It's a perfect Great. tease to uh, remind folks to that download the podcast exclusive yeah, on Monday. That's exactly right. <laughs> on uh, on uh, Monday's podcast exclusive with Amy Mark Scores, because there's a lot to talk about there. I want to get into that red flag uh, discussion a little bit. And there's also lots of other ways that people can defend them. You don't have to buy a gun if you're not ready to introduce yourself to that you know there's pepper sprays and and taser options and there's lots of other things that people can do uh to protect themselves you don't have to go out to your local gun store and and buy that 44 magnum you know as your first (laughs) purchase so amy thank you so much for your time today thanks for sticking around make sure you guys check out the podcast exclusive download that when it comes out on monday and uh, we're going to wrap up today's show for carl middleman and my partner bo matthews i'm tony colombo thank you so much for listening to another edition of second amendment radio and the great outdoors. See you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.